Welcome back to my linguistics podcast. I'm your host, Alex, and today we're going to be touching on a subject that's all over the news right now, AI and its use of language. Now, modern approaches like ChatGPT and Bing AI can solve your homework or have a deep discussion, but how did we create computer chatbots before machine learning changed everything? This question, while seemingly a little impractical, who needs a computer to follow and respond in like a conversational format when humans exist, is actually surprisingly important to fields like web searching, helping less knowledgeable users, and more. Joseph Weizenbaum, a professor at MIT in the 1960s, was building his own programming language called Madslip. In one experiment, he decided to create what became known as a chatterbot, naming it Eliza after a character in a play he had seen recently. At first, he tried broader language processing techniques, but he couldn't really make much progress with uh, his limited data sets, limited processing power, and knowledge of natural language processing. A year or two later, though, in 1966, Weizenbaum struck gold. He had been reading about Rogerian psychotherapy, a school of thought in psychology that stressed reflecting the patient's questions to enable a more open discussion. And he decided that a Rogerian therapist could be easily modeled by a computer instead of actually having to come up with a real answer, it could just reflect the user's answer back at them instead of moving the conversation along. As he worked on the program, he identified four main problems with language processing on computers. These problems were the identification of critical words, the discovery of a minimal context, the appropriate transformation necessary to the input, and the generation of an appropriate response by the computer. To overcome each problem, he designed an algorithm to process language. First, ELIZA examines an input for a certain keyword. The ELIZA program contains a list of keywords with ranking numbers in order of importance. Then, the sentence is manipulated and rearranged according to the rule associated with the most important keyword. Weizenbaum called this a decomposition rule. It reviews the input for syntactic patterns. For example, the input, I am very tired, would be decomposed to the main keywords, I, am, and very tired. Then, Eliza would detect that the statement is a descriptor, as the most important keyword in this phrase is am. According to the reassembly rule associated with the word am, it would then either respond with the phrase, in what way, or what makes you think you are very tired. Now, there are a few examples where this method doesn't work, like when Eliza doesn't detect a keyword. In that case, it would respond with something like, I see, or please go on. Alternatively, one version of Eliza used a memory construct to refer to older statements to sort of keep the conversation moving. To give a better example, I decided to interview Eliza for the podcast. Here's the full conversation. Hello, I am Eliza. I'll be your therapist today. I'd like to interview you for my linguistics podcast. I see. Let's explore that a bit more. Well, I thought it might be interesting to interview you on yourself and your creation. We were discussing you, not me. Could we discuss you? Oh. Let's move on to something else for a bit. Could we discuss you? Tell me more. As you can see, conversations with Eliza can be a little confusing when you don't approach it as a patient seeking therapy. While it successfully responded with questions or statements that were grammatically and situationally appropriate, by the time it noticed I was talking about itself, it sort of went off the rails. The response, we were discussing you, not me, is a fairly frequent last line of defense by Eliza's language processing algorithm. It honed in on the keyword you and attempts to redirect the conversation away from Eliza itself to avoid revealing its conversational shortcomings. Contemporary responses to Eliza were very similar to modern responses to chatbot technology like ChatGPT. 
For example, Weizenbaum's secretary, upon using Eliza for the first time, asked Weizenbaum to leave the room shortly after beginning the conversation so that Eliza and her could have a quote-unquote real conversation. Weizenbaum was surprised by how quickly the general public anthropomorphized Eliza, later remarking that extremely short exposures to a relatively simple computer program can induce powerful delusional thinking in quite normal people. Soon, however, Eliza spread across different fields of computing. To this day, it remains a component of the popular programming text editor Emacs as the doctor command. At one point, it was displayed at a convention alongside a similar program designed to emulate a patient with schizophrenia named Perry. To better understand future reactions to language processing by computers, it's important to understand where it all started. While Weizenbaum had no idea his ELISA experiment would be so successful, chatbots are now some of the most common uses of language processing technology. His text decomposition techniques soon spread across the tech industry, appearing in everything from search engines to online help desks. Nowadays, it's more common to talk to a company's chatbot than to an actual human. Thank you for listening to my podcast. I hope you enjoyed it.